What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Process Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Dukowski, joined as always by my co-host and best friend, Nick Veronica. And Nick, we had a week of highs and lows. Monday got some great news with Taylor Hall becoming a Buffalo Sabre. Tuesday, we had Bills football on an unprecedented day of the week for NFL football. And it looked like the Bills forgot to show up on Tuesday night football. They must still thought that they were playing on Sunday. But, man, what 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 a week. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing better than Josh Norman is doing this week. Dude. Have you seen the memes for for Josh Norman? Yeah, you're going to have to be more specific because there are so many. <laughs> I'm going to tweet a bunch of them, retweet a bunch of them out on our uh, on our Twitter page when we're done today. Um, but there at the is pro- at the process pod. You can follow us too. Make sure there you, you go. At, there you go. There you go. Cheap plug. Um, yeah, it's it. There, there's some really really good ones out there. I saw one today. Of, of him doing like an elbow drop onto a wrestler in the wrestling ring. Um, there was one of him like flying through space. I don't know, there, there, there's some crazy ones out there. They've been fairly enjoyable to watch. Yeah, the, the funniest part to me is that that play got called back on penalties. So officially, this never even happened. But everyone still knows that Josh Norman got sent into next month by Derrick Henry. Well, don't worry. All the Titans fans make sure make sure to. To, to let everybody know, but well, I'll tell you what, all, all of any fans, it was everywhere. It was hysterical. That's true. That's true. ESPN and the NFL, I think it was, you know, got voted one of the angry runs of the week on NFL network this week. Um, but I will say this as nice as that stiff arm was, there was that stiff arm was not as good as Fred Jackson's stiff arm against the bears four or five years ago. That Fred's was in a more important spot, right? That was, that was an overtime getting into a field goal range to win the game. Yeah, but he stiff-armed the guy twice. Like, Fred stiff-armed the yeah, guy Yeah, but once he, he didn't throw. throw the guy, make him look like a ragdoll. I mean, he he put he pushed the guy back about a good seven, eight yards. Yeah, yeah. I mean, both – there was a great stiff-arm, but just this one had, like, the effect of it. Yeah, there, there was definitely no memes created for for that stiff-arm, <laughs> like what there was for Josh Norman. But, yeah, yeah that, that was a um, – that was quite an ugly, ugly stiff-arm. Dude, honestly, they, they could have just ended the game right there. Like, we wouldn't have missed anything. Like, the game was over at that point. It really was. It really was. I mean, I was – it seemed like as soon as that stiff arm happened, the, the entire team just forgot how to play football. Yeah, dude, just, just start the – like, that happened, just start the buses. Like, pack it up. We'll try again next. Like, like yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. It's there. Absolutely. But you know what? Besides all of that, you know, that, that was – at the end of the day, the least of the Bills' worries um, after the game on on Tuesday against the Tennessee Titans. Um, so, man, let's just jump into it, and then we're going to touch on Taylor Hall towards the end of the show. But we had to talk Tuesday Night Football, unfortunately. Um, I guess first let's, let's talk about your goods, the bads, the uglies, mostly all uglies, I feel like, this week, but – what do you got for me this uh, from this week, Nick? All right. I will be honest with you. Watching the game, it felt like, what is the defense doing? They're going to, like, every time I looked up, they're about to get scored on again. I'm like, how is this happening? 
And then the next day, you know, you think about it. I started looking into the stat sheet some more. The defense really didn't play horrendous. I think the offense really hurt them. I think special teams really hurt them. Didn't do the defense any favors at all. So when you looked at the the touchdown drives for Tennessee, and there were six of them, um, most of them started on the Bills' side of the field and not not even like just over midfield, like in the red zone already. So the defense was, was getting on the field, basically expecting to give up a touchdown already on a lot of these drives. The average yards per play for both teams ended up being the same. The Bills outgained the Titans overall. Um, they didn't have any takeaways, which is tough. But you have two interceptions, and you have a fumble on special teams, and that, that that's the exact opposite of complementary football, which is like the big buzzword you always hear. Before, every team says before the season, well, if we just play complementary football and the offense helps the defense, the defense helps the – you know, everything will be, you know, just great. And this week was really the opposite of it. So I was um, – I actually walked back some of my nervousness about the defense um, – uh, I almost said on Monday, on Wednesday, like the day after the game, uh, when, when I really looked into it some more. So I thought they, honestly, they kept Derrick Henry in check for the most part. Like he had some longer runs, but I think his average was about three yards a carry, if I'm if I'm remembering that right. Like they did a better job than I thought just looking at how, how often they were about to get scored on. They did a very, very good job on the run game. I agree with you on that. I thought the defense and, and – uh, you know, for, for the most part, without having Tredavious White this week and without having um, Matt Milano this week, really did a good job. I thought Tyrell Dotson played a very good game um, for Buffalo. But with that said, the defense still worries me. You know, yeah, they, they did have some bad starting position. Um, Tennessee started, I, I believe, three of their touchdowns, Nick, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I believe you have the stats in front of you. Um, three of their touchdowns came – on the you know from the opposite side of the fifty in Buffalo territory at that point, um, and I believe they had two one from seventy five yards with a touchdown drive and one from ninety yards with a touchdown drive. My big thing with the defense is they had multiple third downs in this game where they could have gotten off the field and gotten the offense back on the field, and the defense just could not seem to get off the field on third down. Yeah, they, long third downs too. Long third downs. There was multiple pass interference penalties. A couple of them were questionable, absolutely. But still, even the penalties in this game, which is I feel like something I haven't heard a lot of people talking about this week, um, the offsides calls, the false start calls on both sides, on, on the offense, the pass interference calls, that has been so uncharacteristic of this team all season that it, it was – crazy to see the number of of false starts and uh and offsides that they that they had this week i i think now i could be wrong it just seemed that way but it definitely seemed like on the final touchdown drives the bills had every new set of downs they had at least one false star call i think they get like first uh they they, they get second and five false start third and five false start now the offense did a good job of converting on those and josh allen threw a rope to tj yeldon on that last touchdown but i thought that they uh they 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 did not do themselves any favors this week at all with the number of penalties that they had 
Yep, the penalties were huge, and they seemed to be at the worst time, too. So uh, I think they had 10 penalties that were accepted by the Titans and 14, 14 total. But um, pen- the yards, penalty yards like didn't seem like they hurt that much. It was just, just the timing of them was was awful. You talked about third downs. The Bills' offense, great. They were 13 for 17 on third down. That's incredible. They gave up six out of ten on third down, and like you said, they were longer third downs, and those were just backbreakers. But there was a um, was it third and twenty or third third and longer than ten? I remember where he hit the guy on a quick slant, and he just just kept zooming through for the first down. And it's like you thought mm-hmm. you were off the field. Um, the later in the game, there was, it was a third and seven, and then the bad penalty made it third and two, and they picked it up. It was like just dumps like every day. Like there was not a break. It was just more something dumb kept happening between a penalty between, you know, miss the sign, whatever it was, just there, there was no stop for the bad things. Well, they just came the entire night. And not having Tredavious white, which kind of seemed like there was going to be a chance that he was going to play. Um, yeah. That was so surprising. I thought, I thought it was too. Um, good job, by the way, by banged up bills for, for, for being all over that up, right up until game time. Um, our guest last week, by the way, if you didn't listen last week, Go back, listen to last week's podcast. Kyle from Banged Up Bills was on, and he did a great job explaining what he does and how he sees his injuries on the field. Really opened my eyes to a lot of things. I watched the game completely different this week after talking to Kyle. So, um, But with that said, not having Javis White obviously hurt them. You know, you look at the first touchdown against Josh Norman. I don't think Javis White gives up that touchdown. I feel like Javis White's the kind of defensive back that we've seen who you can put one-on-one on an island like that with a guy like A.J. Brown. Josh Norman, on the other hand, as we know from his years in Washington, is not a, a, a man cover guy, is not a guy who you can leave out one-on-one on an island. He's not that player anymore. And I felt like the Bills' safeties aren't giving him enough help. Now, obviously, I know a lot of that is the, the design play call, but and, – and, and maybe I'm just reaching here, Nick, but – I have been so unimpressed with our two safeties this year with Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. You know, they're two guys who got a lot of talk this year in the offseason, who PFF and all those other football sites were really uh, commending them as, as one of the best safety duos in the league. And even, even last year, I was not a big fan of Poyer. I thought, um, you know, him getting paid and 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 his his wife yelling for him to get more money was kind of uncalled for. I didn't feel like he really deserved the raise. But you know, even on that that big slant play you were talking about as well, if you go back and watch the replay, the safeties are lined up behind the first down marker. Now I understand on third down you want to keep everything in front of you, right? Like makes sense. But if it's third and twenty. Why are you 25, 30 yards off at that point? Because the Titans caught that slant on a very bad um, Taron Johnson uh, uh, play there. It looked like he slipped and fell. You know, he looked like a, a high schooler out there all game trying to keep up with these with these NFL defensive backs. Um and then you have the, the NFL receivers, and then you got your two safeties who are still 10 yards behind the first down marker. Why are they, why were they lined up so far back? I feel like that is just um, um, simple things that could have been fixed. You hold them there. They're kicking for three. They're not going and scoring a touchdown there. 
And that changes, in my opinion, the whole game at that point. To, to be honest with you, I haven't noticed on the broadcast, like, either of the safeties, like, truly making bad plays. I feel like in in tackling, they've been good this year. Like, they usually are. Coverage, like, I honestly, I haven't. Maybe I need to watch for it some more. But I honestly, like, I haven't. I haven't thought that, to be honest with you. You know, and, and again, maybe it's just because when Tredavious White is out there, they're really not as relied upon in the defense as much um, because Trey is, is a step above, I obviously, the rest of, of the defensive backs on this team. But at the same time, you know, you look at the touchdown last week that Poyer gave up, you know, Simple one-on-one coverage, he could have done something. And I just feel like he is just, you know, again, he, he called for a pay raise. He wanted a pay raise. The Bills gave him a pay raise. You know, fine, because I – to be fair, and I'll, and I'll say this, you know, may, maybe to uh, uh, take my point back, but I, I hope it doesn't sound that way. He – if Buffalo would not have paid him and he would have said, hey, I'm holding out for this year. There's no defensive back on that roster, in my opinion, that could have stepped in and filled in for Poyer in that defense, right? Nor nor was there anyone out there in free agency that could have came in and stepped in for Poyer on that defense. So, yes, you had to pay him. You had to keep him around. He is is a big part of this team. But, again, I expect so much more out of him than what he has given this team all year. Hmm. You know, I I expect him – and Micah Hyde to be the leaders of that defense, which is a whole other question, which I heard on GR, which I kind of laughed at at the time. Maybe it was just the way the caller was calling in and, and yelling about it, you know. But really, who's who's the leader on, on this defense? You know, who who is our leader? Who is the one that this defense is going to, you know, rely on when they need something? You, you would think – You don't it, think it's Tremaine Evans? Not yet. I feel, I still feel like he's – hasn't taken that that leader step forward yet. Hmm. All right. He, he, I mean, he, he was my immediate first thought there, and then, then I went to the safeties after that. So I, are you saying just that, like a personal thing, or are you saying like because his on-field play hasn't been as great as we had hoped this year? I don't think – no. okay, now, again, I'm going to upset people. I don't think that Edmonds's play has been bad, right? I feel like he's had a play <laughs> – yeah, I think I think he's playing hurt a little bit still. I think that's well, kind of hampering. Don't forget, him. he he played hurt, and he played without Matt Milano. Mm-hmm. Those are two big things for him, and and he's still playing hurt at this point, right? He's trying to play through the injury. I don't think he's played bad. I think Lorenzo Alexander um, said it today as well. He doesn't look bad at all from what Lorenzo Alexander is seeing and watching the games and he still watches the games. And I, I, I wonder if he listens to the process podcast, Zoe, you interested in coming back? Cause Buffalo needs some help at linebacker this year. Um, but he, he did say, he goes, I don't feel like he is playing bad. I feel like he is um, playing hurt, but he hasn't been out of position. He's all over the field and maybe just the way the defense is getting cut off, cut apart everywhere else, the first guy we look to is Tremaine Edmonds because he is the middle linebacker and he is supposed to be the quarterback of that defense. Dude, I'm telling you, they miss Matt Milano so much when he's not in there. 
He's good in, in run defense. He's great in coverage. And when they don't have him, I feel like they get exposed a lot of places. So you always say the defense is only, well, at least the secondary or the co- coverage as a whole is only as good as its worst defender. Because if you lock down four guys and then one guy gets beat every single play, the d- defense is going to look bad because one guy keeps getting beat. So I don't, I, I don't think Evans has played like, Pro Bowl level has like continued this upward growth, but I don't think he's been terrible either. So I'm, I'm not willing to to really, you know, kill him too much for for this season. But um, so you so you meant on the field stuff. You didn't mean like taking taking the the leader of the defense off the field. Is no, that what there, there there's no leader on the field of that defense. Got gotcha, you, got gotcha. you. know, um, again, I would like to see it be. Tremaine Edmonds, I think he should be, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you got two guys back back on the on 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 safety who are very vocal with not I wouldn't say very vocal with the media, but they're the ones that are always the guys talking to the media in Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde. Those are the guys that I expect to step up as the leaders on the defense on the field, and we we haven't seen it. And obviously, we're just watching on TV, so we're not going to see everything, right? But someone needs to take control of that defense and either calm them down or get them hyped up because there's something missing. Now, maybe it's Star Latulade that's missing. Tongue twister still, always will be for me. Um, and 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 him taking a lot of that pressure off of Ed Oliver, because Ed Oliver's another guy that I feel like has not taken that step forward this year. I feel like he's on a bit of a sophomore slump. Um, you know, Harrison Phillips, love the guy. I think Harrison Phillips is a great, great person from from everything I've seen. Never met the guy, but he's just he's not that Kyle Williams of that defense, as what I think a lot of people hoped he would be. But he's a guy that has battled injuries. Um, but then, but then Nick, to go back to the linebackers because that's where we, I was going to go next with this. I two questions for you with, with, with the linebackers, right? And and maybe you can use some of this game for that going forward. Tremaine Edmonds. Right, he has been all over the field. He has been, um, we, we we've seen very good Tremaine Edmonds in Week One, and we've seen some very bad Tremaine Edmonds throughout the season. Do you think that we have seen the plateau or the peak, and he is starting to even out at this point and start and 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 and, and start hitting that plateau? Um, of Tremaine Edmonds, okay. For his career, and, you're asking? Yeah, I mean, at this point, he's he's year three, right? He's now, year three. I, I, he's twenty. He's twenty two years old. So I do not think Tremaine Edmonds is anywhere near his peak yet. But have we? My question is, but it, it, where he is now? Do you think he is at his peak now? Like this no. is it? No. Okay. I don't okay. think so at all. Okay. I saw somebody got somebody got mad on Twitter. I saw this in like a, a search or one of those. I don't you go on dude, you go on Twitter, it's like, oh, this is a tweet about the Buffalo Bills. And it's like, I don't like I don't follow this person for a reason. And somebody's like, oh, yeah, Tremaine Evans is not getting not getting uh you know that rookie contract that fifth year picked up. He's you know, can't wait to cut him loose. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like they played five games this year. He's like been injured through that. Like Tremaine, like let him get healthy. Let like I think we got we got a long Long career out of uh, ahead of us here. He's 22 years old. All right, he was he was one of the youngest players to ever make a start when he was a rookie. 
I think Sean, Mc, Sean McDermott had Luke Keekley as his middle linebacker in Carolina for so long, and he was incredible. And I think he uh, – I mean, we're still hoping Edmonds could uh, ascend to that role eventually, but I think McDermott is going to give him the opportunity to get there. You know, I think with Tremaine Edmonds, I, I, I'm with you, right? I don't think he's hit his peak yet, but he's definitely obviously having a – regress this year a little bit. And a lot of that could be that injury. And a lot of that could be not having Milano. Speaking of Milano, this is the second part of my linebacker question to you. Okay. Did he, did he practice by the way, Milano? He was limited today. All right. Yeah. I'm hoping from what I saw. Yeah. Hoping he can, can get back this week. I don't know if he will. I think sure. Uh, Tredavious white has a good shot this week. I would, I would guess, but anyway, I sorry. So. I would think so. Um, Keep going on Milano. Looked like he could be he could be back as well this week. Um, but with Milano, he's in a contract year this year. He's a guy that has had a lot of injuries through his time in Buffalo. Is he now obviously we've seen how the team looks without him on the field. And we've seen how the team looks with him on the field. Do you feel like Buffalo needs to go and re-sign him? This offseason. Yeah, definitely. Man Milano's gonna get that. paid this offseason to stay with the Bills. That's my but he can't that's stay my healthy take. is is my take. He can't all stay right, healthy. Well, all right, then you put some incentives in there and you give him active bonuses or you give him something else. I don't know. Like he's gonna get money. Some he's gonna the the Bills defense needs him unless they can somehow re- replace him with someone even or better, like I don't think they're going to be in a spot to draft a linebacker who could project to fill in like that. Like they're going to be drafting lower in the first round. Um, unless there's some free agent out there that Sean McDermott really loves, which I don't know that that there would be. No, I think they're going to bring Milano that. back and he's going to like, you, you like we, like we're saying here, they have to know internally when he's out, you see how much worse it is because they need what he can do. So he does like, he is, you would say, injury prone. This is the NFL, man. People get injured all the time. So he's got to figure out how to do that, and that's part of being a pro is learning how to take care of your body and learning how to stay on the field. Um, so if you got to structure the contract with different kind of incentives for just for game time or for starts, whatever you want, do it. But I think he's going to get paid. They need to find a way to keep him healthy by all means possible because he is doing the team no, no favors by – by, by, by being hurt. And obviously I know it's not his fault, but um, Buffalo needs him on the field. <laughs> this defense needs him on the field. In my going back to my whole leader thought, he's that guy to me. He's that guy when he's on the field. He's more of a silent leader. I feel like he's not a guy that's going to open his mouth and, and, and talk a lot, but he leads by his play. And I think that shows when he's out and he's hurt, how much this team really misses him. Yeah, you know he's, who, the, the, he's not not a vocal guy. You know who I don't miss, and I'm ready to just be done with him. For I know it's only five games. Wait, hold on. I feel like you miss him, or you? What do you mean? No, like he's he's gone, and you don't miss him. I'm ready for him to be gone. Oh, okay. I don't <laughs> so, need to see him on the field anymore. All year. so you won't miss in the future. Will not miss in the future. Hopefully, okay. this off season he's gone. Is uh, AJ Klein? He has been so disappointing this year. Hmm. Uh, you know, I, I was kind of excited about bringing him in from from coming in from uh, uh, New Orleans this year. Mm-hmm. 
uh, thought for sure maybe he, he he'd be able to help out. He was only he only played 19 snaps this week. Um, Terrell Dotson played more than him, obviously, and really did a good job filling in. I'm fine if Buffalo wants to make their three linebackers Dotson, Milano, and Edmonds going forward. I'm fine with that. Any way that you could keep Klein off the field because he is hurting you so much more than helping you. But anyway, enough complaining about the linebackers and injuries. Let's get back to the game this week. Um, so starting out first quarter, first drive, Josh Allen throws his second interception of the year. That one was, again, not on him. Um, not a terrible thrown ball, a little bit behind Andre Roberts, who obviously had to be out there because of – a injured John Brown not being able to play. Andre Roberts drops the ball, tips off his hands into Malcolm Butler's hands, and uh, Tennessee starts out with some great field position. Dude, that one is tough because Allen's first interception of the year, his own guy basically caught it. And his second interception of the year, like, bounces off his own receiver and the other team catches it. So you're like, you're like man, this this is tough. Like, look at these stats. He's got two picks and he didn't really earn either of them, but uh, that would – that that would streak would end shortly. That streak would end later on. Um, but obviously, Tennessee scores on the first drive. Buffalo comes back and answers on their second drive, which I thought was a very good uh, statement drive by the Bills. I thought Josh Allen looked a lot more comfortable that drive. Even hit Andre Brown again or Andre Roberts again on a great third down conversion on the sidelines. Beautiful catch. Beautiful job keeping the toes in by Andre Roberts. Um, Buffalo looked like they were moving again and they were ready to go. Tied the game up there at seven and the game slowly started getting away from Buffalo right thereafter. Um, yeah. I'm going to tell you something that's like a thousand percent eye test and not backed in stats at all. Just something about Josh Allen this week looked off when the camera zoomed in on him. He just had this look in his face like, you know, last season when he was kind of like deer in the headlights a little bit. I'm like, like, I, 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 I feel stupid saying this, but like that's just what it felt like. They they showed him on screen, and he looked like a little bit scared, just like he wasn't in the driver's seat, like in complete control, like he was the first four weeks of the season. And it's something that you just—it's more of a feel. Like there's no stat for that, but man, every time they zoomed in on him, it just that's that's the feeling it gave off. It just and then he went out, didn't have his best game, and maybe last year, definitely two years ago, you know, you'd look at the final stats and be like. Well, he had two touchdowns, had two picks, threw for 263 yards. Like, maybe you'd take that. I don't know. But um, maybe it's a good sign that that feels like a bad day. But I don't know, man. Just looked off from the start of the game. Something just wasn't right. Yeah, I thought so, too. I thought that interception early on to start just kind of threw him off. It's really not something we've seen from this offense all offseason or all season, you know, uh, on a turnover side. Obviously, Josh had his fumble issues. But another thing you mentioned about Josh Allen looking different, and, and maybe some of this is related to the shoulder injury, but he had a lot of opportunities, I felt like, this week where he could have just ran with the ball. And the touchdown to TJ Yeldon, I thought, was one of them where he had a ton of time in the pocket and could have maybe taken, a, you know, gotten a first down on his feet at least. But he seemed to stay in the pocket a lot more, stay behind the line of scrimmage, um, and, and I don't want to say afraid to run the ball, but he definitely was a little bit more um, hesitant to take off with the ball than normal. Yeah, that's uh, you saw he had the big brace on, so he's got. I'm sure he's pretty sore on the left shoulder. So I don't know. Maybe that's growth. He's not running as much, stay in the yeah. pocket and throw. And that could be it as well. Um, 
He did again, try to slide almost this week too, right? I thought sort, he, like I, sort of slid, dove kind of like halfway, but that was progress. I was yelling for him to get down because I'm like, he's gonna get hit in his left shoulder, and mm-hmm. we're gonna have Matt Barkley for the rest of the season, and we're screwed. <laughs> That's by the I way, thought. yeah. Since, since you mentioned Barkley, I just want to touch on this real quick. Can Matt Barkley hold? Do we know this because uh, Corey Bohorka is like, how many times can we say that this year? You look at the <sighs> kick. Dude, the laces are right there on TV. Like dude, I don't like. Listen, dude, I don't know. Dude. I don't know if it's just because like we're looking for this now. Maybe it's it's more common than we're thinking. But like every single week, you're like, hey, there's laces. Hey, there's laces. It sounds like you should still make the kick. Like you're you're a professional kicker, but like that's the one thing everyone knows. Laces out. Spin the ball away. I know oh, it happens in a split second. That's your job. Corey Bohorka is the punter. Great week this week. He'd be on my up list. Corey Bohork as the holder. Like, can, can Matt Barkley hold? Do we know? Because someone asked him. So no one can see me on camera right now except you. But I think it's fairly easy to say. And you get that. I, I, you, as soon as you brought this up, I got excited because I agree with you 100% on this. And I was going to get to that next. And this is why we do this show together because we just feed off each other's minds like this. Um, but I was going to get to this point. Dude, I yelled at the TV when Tyler Bass went to kick. And my wife goes, what are you yelling about? He made the field goal. Mm-hmm. I said, the stupid holder has the laces facing the kicker. I'm like, you don't do that. Dude, Dude, and what- this week was egregious. Like, spun it and then stopped it. The laces were directly facing Tyler Bass. And you're like... And, and I believe the announcers who... By the way, side note, we're absolutely terrible this week. There's a reason why they're like one of the worst announcing teams in CBS as it is. Um, but even the announcer said on the field goals that he missed this year, Tyler Bass has missed. The reason why it was Jay Feely who brought it up. Obviously, yeah, he, was, he was a kicker. kicker. Yeah. He brought it up and said the reason why he missed those kicks was the way the laces were. So if your kicker is missing kicks because your holder, you have a problem with the holder. Yeah. And and dude, I totally get it. Like, it's weird to sit here and be like, well, the ball's still the same shape, man. Like, maybe you should have just just kicked it better. Like, put it through anyway. Man, it's all science. The way the ball flies through the air with the way the laces are and the way your foot hits the laces, it's all science. Yeah, I would have thought it was was foot-based. Like, if you didn't get a clean strike on it or something, but... Oh, dude, it's got to hurt. Like, you ever, like, really put your foot through a football? Like, having the laces facing you, it's got to hurt. Yeah, I absolutely hated, like, when we'd mess around and, like, punt the balls and stuff. I'd be like, oh, my foot. What? So, yeah, oh. listen, we got to – I got to start watching for that because, I like, I don't want to be – I would feel bad if we're this critical and this is more common than we think, but and we've, we've just started looking for it and now we can't stop seeing it, but – Man, like you, if you know one thing about special teams, it's turn the laces out. So I'm, I want to call this out right now. I want everyone that's listening to this show this week, when you hear something on or when you, when you see the, the kicker this week and you see the laces facing out and you can see the terrible hold by Corey Bohorikas that it will most likely happen again this week, I want someone to tweet us, either say laces out, something. Put something together. Either way, tell us how right we are that he has the laces out or in, I guess you could say, however you want to say it, um, facing the kicker 
many, many times, or the laces are just not where they should be when he spins the ball. Like someone else pointed out other than us, we're pointing it out for you. I want everyone to look for it this week. Yeah. By the way, if you see anything on Twitter, if a reporter asked Barkley, if he can hold, like, let me know. Cause I haven't seen that yet, but I feel like we need to be talking about that. If this keeps up, I'm going to get that question asked by somebody. <laughs> I, I'm going to tweet one of the many reporters and maybe one of them will listen to me. Oh, you know what? That's a good When Somebody asked for like a mailbag question this week. That's what I'm going to say. Can Matt Barkley hold? When Joe B does his, his ask Joe B 10 questions this week, after the inactives come out, I'm going to ask Joe B that question. Can Matt Barkley hold that? that I'm, I'm going to do it. Now I got to make sure I'm on Twitter when the inactives come out because usually i'm not yeah dude, there's there's so many there's so many q and a's now too jay skirsky does a good one for the buffalo news yes. um yeah joe b does one i think i've marcel, seen Matt, Matt Fer- really yeah Matt Faber, marcel yeah yeah they're out there um yeah. i mean we're getting this question answered this week so when we come on the <laughs> podcast next week if you don't see our well, I don't know. I don't know. Like we would need someone to ask matt barkley and i don't know if he's going to do an interview by the time we get our question in Someone will ask him. I'll. So we'll we'll get an answer. I I I I am guaranteeing an answer for next week. But I always thought you wanted the backup quarterback to do it because it was good for like fakes and stuff when the guy can throw. Dude, in Madden, the backup quarterback holds it. So why is it not like that in real life? If it's like that in video games, isn't video games supposed to be real life? Maybe I don't know, man. You just want to make the punter work for that salary or something. I don't know. I mean, like you said, but Horgas did a great job punting the ball, not so much holding the ball. Um. Hey, by the, quick, by the way, got to shout out the Titans holding unit. One of their kicks like skidded back to them, and they still made it work. That was impressive. Can we talk real quick about that? I, I know we're going all over the place this week, guys, and there, there's a lot to talk about, so so I apologize. But we haven't gotten into it, and we're about 30 minutes into our show, into our podcast. Nick, how in the heck – did this game get played this week? Because, 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 how do the Patriots have two guys on their team, two two of their stars on their team, besides the point? I'm not trying to start any conspiracy theories or none of that BS here, but how do the Patriots have two guys on their team, two of their big stars, their quarterback and, and their Pro Bowl uh, defensive back, both test positive, and they're able to move their game out a week. And now – you see, see today on TV that they're both back practicing. So now they're going to have both their star players back if they were forced to play one game without Cam Newton, but then they get a second positive test days later and they, they get to move their game. But the Titans have guys test positive up until two days before the game, and they say, hey, we're still going to play the game anyway. Explain. I, I, I Baffled. The NFL is a joke. Yeah, listen, you remember – Remember the tweet you read on the last episode? Yes. From John Feliciano? Yes. What did it say? The NFL is more about making their money than the, the health of their players. Uh, yeah, that, that was the takeaway. I think he, his exact words were like, if you really think the NFL ain't going to get their games in, laugh emoji. Yeah. Uh, that That's my answer, dude. Um, the NFL's COVID policy has basically been, we'll let you know when we make it up. And they're going to push stuff around. Can you imagine being like the Chargers this week? The Char- Because the Denver-Pittsburgh game got pushed back a week, they messed up the schedule of like nine other teams to try to make this work. 
you know, ruined everybody's bye week. The Chargers have, uh, starting this week, five of their next six weeks just got thrown up in the air. They're playing different teams. Their bye weeks moved. Denver thought that they had they were going to play a game on Sunday. And then then after practicing all week, got told, oh, hey, remember your bye week? Yeah, that's, that's today. Sorry. You're just not going to have it. You're just going to play the next 12 weeks in a row. Like, yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. They're, just, they're making yep. up, and but dude, this is what you've seen with every part of our country. You've seen it with colleges. You've seen it with. Well, look, look today with um, it's about University the money. Of Florida LSU is now being uh, delayed this week because uh, University of Florida had 19 positive cases with players today. Sounds bad. So that there's going to be no UF LSU game this week, which is great. It means I get to go golfing on Saturday and don't need to sit home and watch the UF game. So. The positives out of that. Sorry for all the players that are sick. Hopefully, they all come back healthy. Um, yeah, still, I, yeah, it's, that's it's, my it's point, man. Like the money, you've seen everything. It's never about what's safest to do. It's like it's it's how can it's we get it through and still make our money? It's ridiculous, though. And we've seen it for years. And maybe it's just us being Bills fans. And you may look at it differently on on the media side of things that I might look at it as a fan who can't stand anything the Patriots do or have done and think everything they do is in cahoots with the NFL or, you know, I personally think they're the Houston Astros of the NFL, or you could say the Houston Astros are the Patriots of of major league baseball, but either way, um, it absolutely blows my mind how the Patriots are able to move their game a whole week out and be able to get both their star players back for this game. Now is what it looks like. But again, the Titans have guys testing positive on their coaching staff, nonetheless. Well, yeah, the, the, the Titans coach was allegedly already quarantining away from the team since the facility was closed and wasn't around the players. But it's everything is a case by case basis, and they'll let you know the decision once they make it. Like, that's how it goes. I think it's just an absolute. Absolute joke. Yeah, I mean, well, the the worst part of it was then the Titans like turning this into like a motivational factor. Like, oh, people think we were bad for get, breaking protocol and getting the virus. Dude, the oh, NFL would... rewarded them for. I don't want to say cheating, but the NFL rewarded them for breaking the rules. Like how how does that make sense? The NFL said, "Hey, you guys broke the rules, so let me just give you guys sixteen days off." So you guys can rest your bodies and come back and be healthy. I don't care that they didn't practice or that they didn't have meetings or whatever. They had meetings over Zoom. They were able to prepare. They had two weeks to rest their bodies without having to take any hits in practice or or in a game the week before. It was ridiculous. And you can say what, what do, you what do you want. Mean, what do you mean by re- rewarding them? You're saying by not making them forfeit? That's one way. By their, have you seen any fines come out against their team? Have you seen anything come out against them? No. The NFL has come out and said, oh, they didn't break any rules, which they obviously did from their first set of rules from everything you look at. They did break the rules. The, rule, the rules have been broken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, and, honestly, and, the, the, the more frustrating part to me, like maybe because I was already assuming like the league would just kind of like brush it off and do whatever it wants, but the Titans players and the – the CBS broadcast apparently just, oh my gosh, these people have been through this adversity. This is the thing that they're overcoming. Like, adversity, bro. You did it to yourselves. Like, what are we talking about? You know, that's like me saying, like, I, I don't know. I can't even come up with anything good because it's so stupid. Like that. I, that's all I have to say. It's like, stupid. Yeah, yeah. like it's not they adversity. Broke protocol. It wasn't a thing that happened to them. It was a thing they did. 
It's like, well, like it, you, you grew out your beard this week because I see it in our video here. And then you're like, oh, I had to overcome, you know, the heat that this kept in in the middle of summer. So I was really brave. It's like, well, no, man, that was a choice that you made. Actually, for all our listeners. So I want, I'm going to I'm going to put a poll up on Twitter after this. Since you brought up my beard, I got to talk about it real quick. <laughs> So uh, okay. I, I do this thing every, I, I'm a, I don't know about you, Nick. I'm very superstitious. I'm so not stitious. No. Once I start catching on to my superstitions for, for each bill season, I start noticing the bills lose. So I started catching on to what I was doing every week and doing the same thing. And I, I, I had a feeling this week come Tuesday that the bills were going to lose because my superstit, my, my, everything I was doing that day were, was wow. Just, yeah, so, it wasn't missing a linebacker and two cornerbacks. It was no, in the interceptions. No, it, 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 it was it was, it was your beard. So I also Checks grow out. my I also grow my beard out when the Bills go on winning streaks. And I figured, hey, I can't trim it down. Like I gotta keep keep it going. So first thing I did Tuesday night after the game was I trimmed it all up. So actually my beard is shorter than what it was last week. Because the Bills lost. That is why it's shorter. That that is where I was getting with all of this and my wow. and my ugly superstitions. Well, they should send you uh, some shaving cream or something when they lose. <laughs> something, man. My my wife likes my beard better like this anyway, so so she was at least happy to see it see it get cut. All right. Well, um, we're gonna call Sean McDermott and we're gonna tell him that your wife likes the beard. Is it okay if you shave? Yeah, we'll have to see. I don't know, man. I, I just feel like they 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 can't win with 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 a, a a real short beard. Now for November, I'll probably grow the mustache out. So. I said, yeah, I think not- we, we need you to be like Michael Scott a little bit here. Okay. He's he's not superstitious. He's just a little stitious. All right. That's what we need I'm from you. A little stitious. That is I I I yeah, I'm I'm bad. It's uh, I've never realized I did actually did a whole report on on it in school about how superstitious I am. But back to the game, man. Uh <laughs> enough with my superstitions and my, my crazy thoughts. Um real quick before we move on, we gotta talk about the last interception. Obviously, Buffalo didn't look good in all three phases. We we touched on special teams. Touched on where they've messed up on special teams this week. We touched on where they um, really messed up on the defensive side of the ball. Talked a little bit about the offense. I don't think the offense looked terrible. I just felt like the offense had to get into a a, a battle because they, they really had a special teams that was putting the defense in bad positions. Um, the offense with their interception early on put the defense in a bad position with a short field. Um, and just multiple things that the, the defense had to keep facing short fields, couldn't get a stop, couldn't get off the field, even when they needed to. You know, you look at it, you take those two touchdowns off the board that they scored from the 90-yard the, the drive and the 75-yard drive. That that game is a totally different game right there, right? Um, and, the, and they had multiple chances on both those drives to get off the field and move on, and they couldn't do it, the defense. So needless to say, I felt like Josh, Josh Allen tried to play a lot of hero ball like what we saw him play last year. Um, his interception, I thought, was a perfect example of that. Um and I will say this, not, nothing against the connection because I really like Stephon Diggs. And maybe I don't remember enough of the Andre Reid days. You know, I, it was early in my my Bills fandom. I wasn't as superstitious then when I was five, six years old as what I am now as a 30-year-old man. But um, I, I've – and maybe it's because we haven't had a number of one receiver in so long too. But I feel like Josh Allen constantly looks Stephon Diggs' way a lot. And he forgets about the guys like the Cole Beasley's out there. And I understand not having John Brown this week kind of limited on, on where he was going to go. Andre Roberts let him down early in the game. Uh, it was nice to see him go back to Andre Roberts later. But with that said, I feel like 
they got to find a way to get Beasley more involved and maybe not be giving Diggs 12, 13 targets a game because he is getting targeted a lot. And that interception was, I felt like Josh Allen saw Stephon Diggs was the guy sitting there and he tried to rope it into Stephon Diggs and he just wasn't able to get it there. Mm. All right, I'm going to have an opposite take as you. I thought Allen kind of just didn't see the defender there, and it was more of a just a dumb mistake than a than a you know over aggressive you know cocky mistake trying to fit it in somewhere. And I would say, man, if I had a guy like Stefan Tiggs, I would throw him the ball every friggin' play. It, like the catches this guy has made this year, give him the ball as much as possible. I would look for him all the time. If we didn't have him, we'd say, man, we can only get a guy like Stefan Diggs. I mean, he had 16 targets this week. I don't know the coverage. Uh, I don't know what the coverage was, was dictating that or not. But, yeah, especially with John Brown out, keep throwing to that guy. Maybe you, th- you thought you could beat their corners. I'm, I've am i yet to see a, a team have a plan outside of, like, devoting multiple players to digs, like, really stop him. He's like, you put the ball anywhere near him, he's probably going to catch it. Okay, to, to my other point, though, Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley Dude, I have- love Cole Beasley. That guy is open constantly. My wife loves Cole Beasley. She wants a Cole Beasley jersey for Christmas. So, again, he's Buffalo got great Bill. hair. Dude, beautiful flow. I'm and he jealous. raps, right? Yeah, so I was hoping Le'Veon Bell was going to come to Buffalo and we were going to have a Le'Veon Bell Cole Beasley mixtape. Wow. Well, Cole Beasley's here for two more years after this, so that's not a bad jersey purchase. No, no. So she she might get one as a surprise Christmas. But Oh, well. um, Cole Beasley. I guess I I was assuming she listens to the podcast, but uh, maybe not. She she does sometimes when she's bored with work. She doesn't like she, she. If we talked to uh, University of Florida football, she'd be all, all about it. We um, could just we could just clap like this and just, yeah, there you go. We we do the Gator shout. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but Cole Beasley, they, they got to find ways to get him involved earlier on in the game. I feel like we don't see enough Beasley in the first two quarters. You know, yeah, he had we, no targets the first half. I think no, and 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 it was very quiet. And he's that guy that's going to go and he's going to sit in the middle of the field and he's going to be open. And you saw Josh take advantage of that later on in the game. But I feel like, especially with, with a veteran like Cole Beasley, who is so shifty, and and he takes a lot of that pressure off of John Brown and a lot of that pressure off of Stephon Diggs, Josh has to find a way to use him. And when you look at the wide receivers core all together, you know, I, I, I tie the tight ends in with that. Buffalo needs to find a way to get better at that position as well at tight end. Because I feel like Dawson Knox is good, but I feel like – they need to find a guy who's going to be able to catch that ball more. And I, and for that, I look more at the draft this year than maybe in free agency. I don't know whose contracts are coming up, so I, I can't really go that route. But you look at the draft and you you look at the perfect fit, in my opinion, for Buffalo. Um, and, and, and I really like the guy Kyle Pitts out of um, Florida. If he's available for Buffalo later on, I know there's probably some other pieces on the defense side of the ball. But you got to look to continue to build your wide receiving cores, and I feel like that's the best way for Buffalo to go this year is to boost that tight end position um, and and maybe see. I'm not writing off Dawson Knox yet, but I do feel like Dawson Knox needs to be able to take that step forward as a receiver um, and, and and be another weapon for Josh Allen because he hasn't been able to be that. Because let's face it, Lee Smith isn't going to be that guy. No, he, he's more of a blocker. But Croft, yeah, Croft is kind of – so far, at least, he's been just a guy. And Knox, Knox has had some flashes, but he's also good for, 
you know, a bonehead player drop or two here and there. So he had he had a big drop early on in this game this week, and and, and that's what kind of made me think. Yeah, about it. I think when the Chiefs come to town this week, you're going to really see a team that really loves to look for that tight end with Kelsey. And the Bills have struggled to cover tight ends this year too. So that's kind of worrisome. But you like, you know, well, you have and, you have their receivers on the outside, and like just having a big guy over the middle is just a huge safety blanket for a quarterback. And that's where Buffalo having Matt Milano back this week could be huge. You have Matt Milano back. You have a guy that can keep up with the tight ends. You also have a freak athlete in Tremaine Edmonds who can keep up with those tight ends as well. Um, don't forget the big game for, for a tight end against Buffalo was the Miami game where both Milano mm-hmm. and Edmonds were both out. So I feel like if you can get one or both those guys you know, in the lineup this week uh, to block a guy like Kelsey, um, maybe even play more of the, the, the big nickel type of situation, um, and have one of your big big nickels in there guarding Kelsey. That'll be big. Obviously, I think um, Trey needs to get back this week for Buffalo to be successful on the defensive side of the ball as well because, let's face it, um, Josh Norman is not going to be keeping up with uh, Tyreek Hill this week, and neither is uh, Johnson, neither is Cam Lewis. Um, I feel like Trey is really going to be that guy who's going to have to be stuck on uh, – Tyreek Hill like glue this week. Yeah, that's the tough part about playing the Chiefs is they have so many weapons, so many ways to beat you. If you try to take away Hill and you, you stack a safety on top, well, guess what? Then they're going to Nicole Hardman or they're going Sammy Watkins is out. It looks like he's going to be out this week, but they're going to Kelsey. They're going like there's so many ways they can beat you. Uh, we should mention just before we start taping this, Le'Veon Bell looks, sounds like he's going to sign with the Chiefs, but it sounds like because of the new COVID rules this year, he's got a quarantine for five days before he can be around his new team so it sounds like he's going to be out for this game and i mean who knows maybe they'll push this game back to like a thursday or something and then he'll be eligible who knows not me yeah, man. but maybe, uh, maybe i'll cut the cut the cheese yeah they do the yeah but i i i think um you know t- wrapping up on last week real quick i wanted to bring up a stat that i saw because i saw a lot of people hopping off the bandwagon this week, which I'm fine with. I don't want you riding my bandwagon. You can you can leave. That's fine. But one thing I want everyone to remember, Thad Brown tweeted out this week, which I, I thought was good to really calm down a lot of people. Um, he did say the Super Bowl Bills, they lost by 15 or more eight times, by 15 or more at least once each year, lost by 15 or more uh, before – mid-October in three seasons, and the 92 team got hammered the first two weeks of October. One early season stinker does not have to kill the whole season, or even two. It, you, you know they're going to have bad games. The Chiefs had bad games last year in their Super Bowl run. We knew they weren't going undefeated, right? So I, I, everyone needs to just, in the words of Aaron Rodgers, relax. It's one game. Relax. Season's not over. The Bills are 4-1. and one. We've said it before. This isn't the same Bills that we've seen in years past where they are going to um, – we have to worry about them going 8-8 eight and eight now. This is a different team. This isn't your Trent Edwards Bills. This isn't your Ryan Fitzpatrick Bills. This is your Sean McDermott, Josh Allen Bills. This is a Brian different Dable team. Brian Dable Bills. Brian Dable Bills. Don't forget about that, who may be coming to Atlanta to be their next head coach, which we'll see if that happens. But – don't write off the Bills yet. It's not time. It's one game. They're still in first place in the AFC East. 
They might have a bad game this week as well. Don't forget, it's a short week for them. They might, they might have a bad game. So I'm telling everyone now, relax. They're going to be fine. Maybe not go 13-3 and three like what I thought last week. Maybe more of 11-5. and five, But relax. They're a playoff team. They're going to make the playoffs this year. Everyone just calm down. They're winning yep. the AFC East. There's no doubt about it in my mind that they win the AFC, AFC East. So just calm down. But getting right. into next next week real quick, and I know we're, mm-hmm. we're 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 getting caught up tight on time. But getting into next week real quick, Nick. Um, Bill's got the Chiefs coming to town Monday Night Football ish, five o'clock ish. <laughs> uh, Joe Buck, Troy Aikman on the call, so at least we got a good commentary team this week. Um, what are your What are your thoughts early on going into this game? Obviously, we talked a little bit about having to block guys like Tyreek Hill, having to block guys like Travis Kelsey. You also got to worry about watching guys like Patrick Mahomes running with that ball as well. He's a, he's a, he's not afraid to tuck it and run it and, and get what he needs to get at either. He is, in my opinion, a very similar type of quarterback to Josh Allen where he has the big arm and he can beat you with that big arm. But, and we saw it last week as well. He can make some dumb decisions with that football. If he's pressured to, if he's pressured to stay in that pocket and he can't get out of that pocket and he has to get rid of the ball. He can make some dumb decisions with that football. And I think that's where Buffalo is taking advantage this week. Yeah, agree with that. It's going to be Bill's Chief, man. I'm I'm just excited to watch this game for like many reasons. One of them being I'm starting to get older and a five o'clock game sounds perfect. (laughs) Seven o'clock last week was nice too. Um, I'm excited because the, uh, I want to talk about sports betting real quick. When you, you usually, you think of a game, you think of the, what's the spread? You know, Bills minus two, you know, something like that. You can also bet the total, which is the total number of points scored in a game. Um, a lot of people think of it as the over-under. Like, th- that's what we're talking about, the total. The largest total that Vegas has ever set for a Bills game is 54 and a half points combined. And that was the 2011 Bills game against the Patriots when uh, Fitzpatrick actually beat the Patriots 34-31. Uh, they, they hit the over. Both teams were 2-0 that game. That was 54 and a half. This week, this can still change leading up to the game. The over is set to crush that one. We are expected to see more points in this Bills game than any Bills game in history before the over. I uh, checked before the show is up to 57 and a half. That's four points higher. I'm sorry, three points higher than before. In betting world, that three points is a lot. So I'm excited just for this game as a whole. I'm a, definitely less confident than I would have been. Uh, Monday before this, before the, the Titans lost, but um, man, the defense has got to figure something out because Kansas city can score with anybody. It's whether they can stop you or not. The bills offense looked a little out of sync without John Brown. I really think uh-huh. it's going to be a, who can outscore the, the opponent this week. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm not super confident after last week, but I thought you did have a good point, And Thad had a great tweet. This is such a week to week league. Like, do not, do not get worked up over, get, get a little worked up. Don't freak out over just one week. All right. If it happens again, if it becomes a trend, that's something to worry about. Somebody gets injured, you know, you're losing people. That's what you worry about. One bad game happens all the time. So I'm, I'm not saying don't, don't, don't ever freak out about this, but don't freak out just yet. If and, but you're playing the Super Bowl champs, if the Bills, give up 40 whatever points again this week. That's in the realm of possibility. Like the chiefs do that to teams regularly. 
don't forget as well, Nick, the Raiders, who the Bills beat two weeks ago, just beat Kansas City. Mm-hmm. By the way, and, we got to give some major props to Charlie Wachowski, who correctly predicted that on last week's process podcast. I do got to say, though, I did make a mistake. I thought that the Bills gave the Raiders their first loss. The Raiders actually have two losses on the year, so they are still a game behind the Chiefs in the division. I thought they'd be tied. Well, I thought the Raiders would be in the lead this week and only have one loss, so I'm still wrong on that part, but I was right on the win, and I'll take it. Um, but but the Bills beat a good Raiders team, and I think that was a good Raiders team. You're still hearing people who are saying, oh, the Bills haven't beat anyone good. The Bills haven't beat anyone good. I think the Rams and a- the Raiders are pretty good. They beat a good Rams team. They beat a good Raiders team. And, uh, excuse me, Miami just put up 40 points against the NFC, East cha- the NFC champions last year, just put up last week against San Francisco. Um, they, they could have three wins at the end of this week that, uh, let's just say, hypothetically, if Buffalo loses and goes four and two, Miami's sitting there at three and three. Not that I'm concerned. I don't think Miami's going to do anything, but Miami's not a bad team sitting there at three and three either. You know what I mean? In 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 playoff terms, that puts Miami in the hunt. Um, but they've beaten good teams, and I think Buffalo can really the, the the this team can really come back and and say, let's learn from this and grow from this and be better from this, or they can let this kind of sit with them and bother them for weeks to come. I The reason why I feel like it's going to be the first option is because at the end of that game this week against the Titans, Josh Allen was going up and down that bench. Every defensive player, every offensive player that he passed, he was giving words of encouragement to everybody. When's the last time we saw that from a quarterback or anyone on the Bills? I, I don't believe I ever have. Um, but that's huge. And I, I feel like the team is just going to build from this and be better from this at this point. Um, and I think we're going to see it this week. Obviously though, to your point, the defense does need to be better. Cause let's face it. The chiefs can score every time they have the ball in their hands and you have to be careful. You have to be smart with what you're doing. My big thing is though, this defense needs to force turnovers one way or the other. The Bills right now are negative two in turnover differential for the year. They have to be better. You can't rely on your offense when you're every game because you know what? Your offense is going to have a few more games like what they had this past week. And it wasn't and even Bills, that terrible. It wasn't a terrible game. If you look at the stats and without looking at the score, you would have thought that game was maybe a, a two, three-point game. Yeah, turnovers were three to zero. Like, you can't do that. The Bills gave – they gave the Titans the ball inside their own 20 three times, right? The Titans touchdown drives started on the 16, the 30, their own 10. That was a good drive. On the Buffalo 12 on the second interception, like just you, you can't compete with that when you don't have any takeaways. No, and, and they need to find ways to get off the field. Again, third downs are going to be a big thing. And when you get third and longs, you got to find a way to get yourself off the field. If you can hold Kansas City to three, much like what the Raiders did early on last week, which I thought their defense played really good on third down. They did a great job early on in that game when Kansas City could have put that game away of holding Kansas City to three points on multiple drives back to back to back. Um, that's huge. And Buffalo needs to be able to do the same and be able to hold them to three points and be able to um, 
get off the field when they need to get off the field. It's going to be a tough game. We knew that going into this. It, it's not going to be an easy game for, for them to come out with a win, but they need to find a way to battle back. I want to talk about a team that needs some adversity this week, not the stupid COVID Titans. <laughs> the Buffalo Bills need to find a way to bounce back, have some adversity, and rebound from a bad game last week. You're going to have bad games. We know that. Again, not to go back and and, and him and haw on it. You're going to have bad games. Nothing wrong with having a bad game. But come yeah. back better. Yeah. Defend your dirt, as Sean McDermott would say. Defend your dirt and your 111. Those are your two two main things right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and Stefan Dick said it best this week as well. When he was asked, what did he feel like the difference was in this locker room after a loss like this versus the locker room in Minnesota? And he said, one thing that he has not seen in his career was guys who are each holding themselves accountable. Each guy was like, you know, I did this wrong. And each guy was stepping up saying, yeah, but you know what? I could have done this. And each guy was holding themselves accountable. And that's huge. And I, I, I put that on the, on the, on the, 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 the culture that McDermott has built and the process, no pun intended, that McDermott has built there. And I think guys are buying into it. And that's why I feel like this is going to be a different team. And we may see something uh, pretty crazy this week. Yeah, a score not- prediction for me. Man, I can't even begin to try to predict the score. Um, I know they're saying it's about 57 um, right now total. I'd probably say it's going to be close to that. I'd probably say um, 30, 30 to 29. Um, I'll give the Bills the win. I think this could be a push, much like what we talked about last week. But um, I take the over on the points, and I think that it, it's going to be a 30-29 game. It's going to be close. Hmm. It's, it's definitely not going to be a, a – a, a, that's scary when I'm not predicting Josh Allen's yardage because I've been wrong every time I predicted it. <laughs> so I'm going to say he doesn't throw for 300 yards just because last time I said that he did. So Josh Allen's not going to throw for 300 yards this week. <laughs> um, but we'll see. I, I they, they they have shown they're a very beatable team, and that's the most right. important thing. I'm going to go – I think both teams get in the 30s. Let's say 34 to 30 for the Chiefs, I think. Okay. okay. So you, th- you have the Chiefs winning this week. Yeah, yeah. The I don't know. They looked out of sorts last week. You just you got to bring your A game to play the Super Bowl champs. So they yeah, could to- it, they, they like they could totally win. But I'm I'm gonna give it to the Chiefs for right now. Do you think part of that, Nick, is obviously with, with, with the crazy week they had? Do you think they were looking towards Kansas City early? Honestly, I was kind of wondering if uh, what they did with the injuries and the, the injury guys, they like Trey, if they kept Trey out to make sure he was healthy for Kansas City. I I was thinking that too. Um, yeah, the, the team said that they. I was also wondering, was Trey just kind of saying, hey, I have a back issue because we know that he wanted to hold out early on in the year because of COVID. And he maybe didn't want to go and play a team. Hmm. With all these COVID cases, not not that I think Trey would do that. I think if you're going to opt in for the season, you should play. But I would totally not hate him if that was really his reason. We may never know that the real answer. Wow, I didn't think about that at all. But don't forget, he he almost didn't play this year because of COVID, and he had his chance to opt out, and he didn't. And I don't know, just something to think about. Hmm. Uh, yeah, the players said that they like didn't prep it all for for Kansas City so there was some narrative out there that the Bills had a 
make two game plans or something. They said they they, they didn't know where that came from because they didn't plan for Kansas City at all this week. No, that's that's uh, I heard that as as well. Um, I also heard some guys say, um, you know, it's very easy to overplan. I believe it was Jeremiah Surlis yesterday on um, one of the podcasts. He said, you know, you can very much over over game plan, and Buffalo with having the extra days just may have overplanned themselves and tried to do too much right, and were afraid to do do things wrong, and they 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 just overdid themselves, but. At the end of the day, um, you know, it's one loss. Tough game coming up against Kansas City. Um, you know, all that big loss means that the Bills aren't going undefeated right now. So, hmm, no pressure. 15 and one. Relax. That's right, 15 and one. But we wouldn't be doing our fans, or many, many fans, any favors if we did not talk about before we got, before we got off today the Taylor Hall signing for the Buffalo Sabres. That was huge. That was huge. He's uh, he's the MVP in 2018. He's not quite an MVP form, or was not quite an MVP form last season. Uh, He was dealing with a knee injury, too, that could have affected him. Still, great move to bring a guy in like this, someone who immediately slots in on the top line with Jack Eichel. We've been saying for so long, Eichel needs help. Got to get this guy somebody to play with. And honestly, I think the uh, the having having the coach who had coached Hall before was a big factor. I think Buffalo did a very good job bringing Taylor Hall in. I know it's one year, a lot of money for a year, but um, you got to pay him. You, you, you got you got to keep Eichel happy at this point, and I feel like that's kind of what this move was, was a move to, to keep Eichel happy, which I'm fine with. Whatever you need to do to keep your star happy, you do it, right? Um, I do think that they need to find a way to bolster their defense in some way. Whether that's a player for tra- player for player, and you move Ristolainen for something, you need to find a way to get better on defense. Um, and in my opinion, you need to find a way to do something with the backup goalie position. Obviously, we heard at the end of the season uh, last year that uh, Carter Hutton had like vision problems. I believe he had like the same kind of thing as what Jameis had. So I believe he had LASIK surgery in the off season. Um, so maybe that helps him this year. Carter Hutton, I didn't think was a bad goalie before he came to Buffalo. I didn't think he was a bad goalie his first year. I thought last year was a terrible year for for him and Olmark. Olmark just couldn't stay healthy. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what they do. I, I mean, it's a huge sign. It brings some excitement at least back to the Sabers. And man, I'll tell you what. I I don't know how much Sabers Twitter you follow, Nick, but Sabers Twitter and Bills Twitter are on like two different ends of the spectrum <laughs> right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I follow Sabres Twitter, all of it. So, uh, yeah, they they were pretty upset with the the Sabres free agency plan, uh, results the first first day or two, and then all of a sudden, Taylor Hall's here, and wow, did that switch flip very quickly. Yeah. So, yeah. but I thought you had a good point though. The goalies, like they they've upgraded on forward. They are now, at least on paper, a respectable top two lines here. Got to do something, something about the goalie, man. The back end's going to kill him. Like, I don't yeah. feel comfortable going in with those two goalies. No, I don't feel comfortable going in with that defense right now. I think, you know, as much as we've seen Ristolainen, and I thought Ristolainen played a little bit better under Ralph Kruger, I still feel like now's your time to move him. You need to move him to do something. You know, um, you got to go out and get a guy that, that can come in and um, – and help you right away on that blue line and, and make that blue line better. You know, 
Ristolainen, just just in Buffalo, Ristolainen may not be a fit. Maybe he's a fit in Colorado or somewhere else. But there's got to be a guy out there that's going to come in and be able to be a fit for you because you can't rely on Darlene because he's still young and he's still going to make mistakes. You can't rely on Ristolainen because we've seen him make enough mistakes. Um, I'm not a big fan of Colin Miller. I like Brandon Montour. I was glad to see them bring him back. And Yoki Haru is another guy that I really like. But, you know, you're, you're still really missing your top pair. You have your top one in Darlene, mm-hmm. but you're missing your top pair. And yeah, that, and that's say, important. yeah, they're probably a number one defenseman and a better goalie away from really feeling like they're locked into a playoff spot. Well, we were talking about Brayden Holpe before the show, Nick, and we said – Not a Brayden Holpe fan. Neither, and neither am I. I thought he was a guy that just had a really good defense in front of him and made him look good. Last year he had a goals against of 8-9-6. Olmark actually had a better year than him last year. I think Olmark eight, was eight goals against? 8-9-6. Well, point, well point eight, nine, save percentage, I'm sorry. Save percentage. Okay, okay, save percentage, okay. Save percentage, not goals against. I was going to say, holy percentage. cow, like what, what happened? <laughs> and Olmark had a, had a better save percentage. Obviously, Olmark probably saw more shots than what Hopi saw. But at the same time, Hopi was – for, 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 for the amount of shots he was seeing and still having a save percentage of, of 0.896, that, that's not good. Um, and I thought he just had a very good defense in front of him. Unless Buffalo had that strong defense, I don't think Colby would have been a fit here. I thought there was a lot better players out there for um, um, for the Bills. Or for, I'm sorry, for the Sabres mm-hmm. uh, out there for agency. But they still they still got Ukupeka Lukanen. Uh who maybe That's will right. take a step to the backup role this year, but we'll see. Um, one other point I wanted to make real quick, Nick, regarding the Sabres is I am so excited for those Royal Blue jerseys. I just, <laughs> I saw I saw them tweet out a picture of Taylor Hall in the Royal Blue jersey, and my, I was just like hmm. seeing like hearts, like heart emojis everywhere. Uh, you know, like what the- just. I actually, I thought, I don't know why I thought this. I thought you were going to say we need a Jack Eichel cereal to complement the Josh Allen cereal. So not getting into this right now. We'll bring this up in the next podcast. But I, I, I follow now the company that makes the cereal. Yeah. They have LSU cereal. They yep. have a cereal for uh, Juju Smith. They have a cereal for m- many, many different players, but I'm going to go over next week. I'm going to make a list of the best named cereals that they have. And I'm mm. going to share them with you guys. But they uh, got some yeah. pretty, pretty I'm things. familiar. They uh, they actually they DM'd me after I was initially pretty critical of the design of Josh's Jacks. And then I, I checked out their site. And they have baseball players have them. Like, like there's three main varieties of cereal. It's like O's or Crunch or oh. uh, oh, I guess I guess these are like the, the colored yeah. O's. But, um, Fruit Loops. Yeah, and it's it's for a good cause. This company always so that that's neat. But uh, dude, Jack Eichel needs a cereal. I would eat that. Hmm. Jack's Jack's oats. I don't know. They need something. They need something, something more more creative than Jack's oats. Well, you had T O's O's. What about Jack's Jacks? You could do Jack's. Yeah, Jack's. What what exactly is a Jack? Like how what? I, Call I up Apple Jacks. Ask them, man. That's true. Okay, that makes sense. I didn't. You were, I never you, were you were playing jacks, dude. You pick up jacks. I never thought of of the apple jacks. I'm like, what the hell's a Josh's Jags? Like, wh- where are they getting this from? But I didn't <laughs> think about apple jacks. That's a good point. Um, if you haven't tried them, go to Wegmans, pick them up. Nick was nice enough to send me a box, and 
I've eaten them all. They are now sitting in my man cave. Nice. Uh, empty box. I, all right. I come visit so I can get an autograph. <laughs> that would be nice. Before we go, I got one trivia question for you. Oh, boy. How many University at Buffalo products have played for the Bills? So I know this answer because you tweeted it today. And I like your You're tweet. ruining the question. So I'm, I'm going to let you answer it. <laughs> All right. Got to shout not, out to I, I don't want to lie to the people. I know the answer. So. All right. Well, how, before today, how many would you have guessed? For the Bills, I, w- I wouldn't before, know two. Yeah, for, I wouldn't know two for sure. The third one, I did not know he went to UB. So, but, which, but, so you would have got who right at the bat? Naaman Roosevelt. Yep. And, uh, and Cam Lewis. Right. For sure. Right. I did not know that Drew Haddon played at UB. Yeah, so anyway, the point of segment is shout-out to Cam Lewis. He got the start after Tredavious White was out last week. He's the first UB product to ever play on defense for the Buffalo Bills and the third alum of the program ever, joining receivers named on Roosevelt and Drew Haddad. Uh, Haddad was the only UB player ever drafted by the Bills, which is kind of neat. He played, and I looked this up today, a grand total – of two snaps for the Bills in 2004. So he counts. He's on Pro Football Reference. He's got his own page. He, he did the Drew, thing. Drew Haddon was one of the most underrated backups on the Bills. I, I like Drew Haddon. He was, he was a cool dude. Big fan. Big fan. I thought, I thought he deserved more of a chance. But – We'll see what happens, man. I uh, I like Cam Lewis. I didn't think he had a bad game this week for what it's worth. Um, I thought he, uh, he 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 definitely did not look out of his his element um, at all. So I actually thought he looked a little bit better than than Josh Norman did. Um, I actually have a fact for you, Nick. Bring it on. Um, I'm only saying this because there's a statue of him outside of the new Braves baseball park. And I did not know that he was from Buffalo. Um, so on this day in 1965, South Park's Warren Spann was released from the San Francisco Giants, ending his major league career. He finished as the all-time leading left-handed pitcher with 363 wins. Dude, you didn't know Warren Spahn's from Buffalo? I did not know he was from Buffalo. Dude, there's the Warren Spahn Park in South Buffalo. I literally have his statue outside, and I've taken my picture in front of his statue and did not know he was from Buffalo. Dude, one of the greatest left-handed pitchers of all time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. I'm not a big baseball guy. I watch the Braves, but outside of that, like, I don't know a ton of baseball. Um, Dude, yeah, you go to Kesanovia Park in South Buffalo, and you're playing on uh, Warren Spahn Diamonds or whatever, I guess. That's crazy. Well, look now. Now I know. Now I now know. You know. Might might be the greatest Buffalo athlete ever. I think. Well, Patrick in contention. Kane? In contention. That's a whole other thing. I don't want to. Again, I, I keep coming up with new things. We'll talk about this next week because I want you to think about it over the week. Rumor is Patrick Kane's on the trade block. Don't say anything. Don't give me your answer now. Is he a guy that Buffalo should pursue? We'll talk about that next week on the podcast. Think about it this week. Chew on it. Eat, eat your Josh's Jags and think about it a little bit. Wow, what a cliffhanger. I want you to think about it for, for the week. Anyone else out there as well, tweet us. Let us know what you think. Patrick Kane is on the trade block for the Chicago Blackhawks. 
Should Buffalo bring home Buffalo's Patrick Kane, as NBC likes to remind us every time he plays Buffalo? Should Buffalo bring home Patrick Kane? Um, yes or no? I'm going to put up a few polls throughout the week, so keep your eyes out for those. Um, you can follow us at the underscore process pod on Twitter. You can follow Nick at Nick Veronica on Twitter. Nick's got the hot takes, man. He's the guy to follow out of both of us. If you just want the angry fan that yells at <laughs> the blank TV, I'm your man. You can follow me at chawit 68 on Twitter. Um, but that's it, man. Good show, Nick. Uh, appreciate you always doing this with me. Um, if you guys got any questions, hit us up on Twitter. We will answer them on the podcast. Yes, 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 yes. Questions, everything. Let's do it. Um, hopefully we have a happy podcast next week with a lot of good to talk about. So remember to always trust the process. Go Bills.